Welcome. We are the Projectile Lunchcast, a group of friends with a combined professional video games industry experience of over 20 years. More importantly, we have collectively been discussing video games for close to a century, including during most of our lunch breaks. People forced to witness these arguments kept telling us to just get a room and make a podcast. So that's what we did. We don't think they had any idea what they were bargaining for, yet here we are. And we couldn't be more excited to have you, dear listener, join us on this adventure. And by everybody, I mean almost nobody. Welcome to the Projectile Plague Cast, because everyone is either sick or missing. So uh, today we're doing a nice little little fireside. Uh, it's me, Richard, and I got Basti with me. Hi, hi, Basti. You've also were you here? You weren't here last time either, right? No, I think when it comes to home, I, I think I'm the one in the team who missed the most. You just the episodes? most exclusive appearances. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm always. You know, I'm always in business. In demand. And in demand. It's really, really hard. Well, I'm glad that you could shake your your charity events and come by and and give us your presence. Marcel is recovering. Uh, feel better soon. Home slice. Uh, Matt. I haven't seen Matt. In... Who's Matt? Exactly. Matt. Matt. Uh, wherever you are, I hope you're winning against whatever zombie horde is banging against the walls of your shelter. What is uh, the incredibly like British sport he's playing and he's a big fan of? What's what was it? Uh, slippery Wicket. Yeah. That's what it's called, right? I think so. I think that he plays the sport where they, they like roll a wooden hoop down the street with a stick. And then making like a, like a, like a, doing a tea break like every 10 minutes, right? You have to have a tea break. It's regulation tea break. And they're like covered in protection armor like football players, even though it's super slow and they're just basic playing pavement shuffle. But since he's not here, I can insult him in the most British way that I, I've learned in the last couple of weeks. And that is uh, when when Matt makes a cup of tea, he leaves the tea bag in when he adds milk. <laughs> wow. Wow. That, that probably, for, for people from the UK, that probably hurts. Yeah. He's going to have a hard time celebrating his upcoming birthday. Speaking of birthdays, we talk about game birthdays here. Game birthdays. Oh, yes. yeah. Mar- Marcel being ill is no excuse not to miss game birthdays. And there's actually a pretty good one coming out today. Uh, have you ever heard of maybe a little game called The Legend of Zelda A Link to the Past? Holy shit. 1991, that bad boy came Holy out. Holy shit. On this day. I've been replaying that, actually. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I did a, a thing with uh, with Twitch where I got a like my Twitch Prime, you know, Amazon Prime, essentially. Yeah. Through Twitch, I got some free uh, Switch Play Old Games program. I think that's the official title. Switch Play Old Games program. <laughs> um, and they, they recently put in some Super Nintendo stuff. Holy shit, dude. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's wait. two different buttons on the damn console. You can either go into NES or SNES. So, wait, 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 wait. So... Yeah. You you're not talking about Nintendo Life where you get like sometimes like okay, talking, talking about, about Twitch that. Prime, but, but Twitch Prime was giving away a year of that of Nintendo Life. Seriously? Yeah. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, I know. Look, the problem is with Twitch Prime. <laughs> you gotta watch Twitch. Uh, I gotta watch Twitch, but also there's so much shit and there's yeah. so much like Fortnite, whatever yeah. packs and well, discounts. Now, see, and I thought you would have been all up on Twitch Prime because they seem to give away something for Warframe like every two months. Yeah, but I'm out of the loop of Warframe. Can't like do Warf- it anymore. I love Warframe, but yeah. Warframe it's always the same. I played like very very extensively for like one or two or three months, and then bounce off. Get really deep into it, yeah. and then I bounce off. Don't play it for a year, and yep. then there's something <laughs> happening where I come back and, and play again. I, I played over two hundred hours of Warframe, but usually with breaks of at least a year. Yeah. So so essentially through Amazon Prime's Twitch Prime thing, I was playing some Super Nintendo games, and Zelda is one of the ones that I don't need to uh, have like kind of precision controls on. True. I don't need a pro controller. I would feel like if I was going to get into some of the later Mario stuff even, I would want like a, a bigger button for my giant ape thumbs. Or good to D-pad. You get a good D-pad, but, uh, but Zelda, Zelda works just fine. And that game is the best Zelda game. I, I had that discussion with Afri yesterday. Like we talked a lot about uh, Zelda games. And I think... 
for me it was quite interesting because I realized I pretty much stopped playing Zelda games with um, the, uh, Link to the Past and um, I just got re-released the Game Boy. Uh, oh, Link's Awakening. Yeah, and Link's Awakening. There yeah. was the last time I played like classic the, uh, Zelda uh, games. Then I jumped on the... No, I, I jumped on the N64 ones, of course. Uh, and then the Wii, so all the 3D ones. But in between, I completely skipped all Nintendo DS, like, kind of like games. Mm -hmm. So I played the Super Nintendo one. I played the Game Boy one, of course. Then I played N64, Wii, Twilight Princess, etc. But then there was like a bunch... Yeah. of Nintendo DS uh, games I never played. Yeah. And then I got back with uh, Link Between Worlds mm -hmm. on the 3D XL, but I got very late into the, the like buying a 3D XL because mm -hmm. I, for years, I tried to just um, justify that that the PSP purchase and the Vita purchase was absolutely worth it. Yeah. And um, now I'm uh, back with uh, Zelda games with Breath of the Wild and mm -hmm. uh, looking forward to new games. But Breath of the Wild 2 is what you're going to get. Yeah. Yeah, that's I, it. I absolutely love Breath of the Wild. I thought it was a really good game. No, it was I think, weird, but I loved it. Sure. Well, I, I, I also, um, I don't know how much it gets lauded for the, the kind of piano stuff going on. That piano soundtrack. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's really, uh, you don't see yeah, a lot of games. We're not talking much about the soundtrack, which is weird. Because, like, well, the yeah, whole I mean, cause, yeah, you got the themes. Is... But I mean, the, yeah, I don't think I don't think the soundtrack has ever been quite as as um, as used as much as, as as an instrument to create the atmosphere of a game. Like, yeah. It's a really good example for that, and, and the silences speak really loud of that. You got all the temples. Yeah, every single one of them. Got to do all the temples, turn them all blue. But I mean, like that's um, that's something I'm I'm definitely noticing coming back into Link to the Past because like. It has its it the songs are fine the music is good mm -hmm. uh, but it is it gets a little repetitive like that dungeon theme song because like you're like you're in dungeons a lot you are frequently in dungeoned you know you know what's my problem with classic Zelda games mm. or even modern ones to be honest um, back then when I was playing a game I was usually starting the game then playing maybe in summer break or whatever I was usually playing all the way through. Mm -hmm. With no breaks in between. Mm -hmm. But these games usually have no quest lock or nothing. Yeah, yeah. And nowadays when I pick the same the same with Super Metroid, I started playing Super Metroid again and then stopped playing for three weeks and then came back and I was like, what was I about to do? What was the last thing I wanted to do? Where was this place I wanted to go? Uh, so I usually completely forget what, what I was supposed to do. What is the next temple? Where was it? Um, then usually these games have this kind of like, especially Zelda's very good at this. Um... Uh, give you like the metroidvania style of oh there's something which is interesting like a locked cave right. door by rubble or uh, a, a passageway which i cannot access yet but i will come back later um with a new tool a bomb or whatever or uh, the shoes to to walk on the the ground of the water but if you play like i do nowadays with a lot of breaks mm -hmm. among playstations and then not not, not playing at all for two or three weeks. I, I just forget that shit. I need a quest lock. I yeah. need this kind of like going to the options menu, going to journal, see and what the game tell me telling what to do me. Next. Yeah, what, what was the next thing I need to do? Yeah, it's. Uh, it's uh, I don't think SNES games were kind of designed with uh, with the, the need of that, but because um, it, it, it doesn't really do much. It's got like your kind of overall map, but like there was things in that that I'd completely forgotten about. Uh, even being in in that game, like I, I I would play a bunch, and I'd be like, oh yeah, I forgot. If I do this thing here, I get fast yeah. travel. Like the fast travel in that is just kind of obscurely located in a place where you're you're just like, what the hell? Like I wouldn't remember to do that. Um, some of the bottles. That's always a Zelda thing for me, though. Like I'll find the bottles. Like like I got three, and I'm like, I, I see. I think I remember where the fourth one was, but I can't. Remember, but no, it's like the dungeons still hold up, the the town still holds up. I think I think uh, Link to the Past is my Zelda game of choice, and I like a lot of Zelda games. Also, the the artwork, like the the yeah. sixteen bit sprites, yeah. absolutely gorgeous. Why does Link have pink today? hair? I have no idea. I have no idea, but it looks great. But yeah, but I'm down with it. Yeah. So, but that's 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 a Link to the Past, but uh, we're here to look to. The future. The future. Not really. We're here to look at the present. So Ugh. since it's just since it's just uh, just the two of us, we figured we would check out some of the some of the recent gaming news. Um, 
as we ramp up towards holiday season, all the games are coming out. So uh, it's usually a bit of a still beat for news, but there's some stuff, right? There's some stuff. I mean, you are also in the in this weird phase of um, people start their marketing campaigns to be prepared for the upcoming console launch next year, but they don't want to like tell too much. But there was a uh, the the Xbox experience in UK last week. Yeah, and that was very interesting for several reasons. Yeah, where uh, Xbox obviously announced a lot of stuff, while also everyone probably got the feeling, or I at least got the feeling, they kept a lot of like the big guns still in their drawer for next year E3. For the new, the, new console launch. Yeah, this is like the stare-down period, right? Where like it's the most exciting time in a console launch because you get to watch these giant companies kind of dance around each other with how they're yeah. going to do it. I think I think they 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 uh, Sony had that um, the the pricing announcement thing where they just followed them on stage. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Xbox is like six ninety nine. They get on the stage they're like mm, five ninety nine. Also, like uh, PlayStation was like for weeks uh, made made headlines of this like nebulous. It will be super powerful and play eight K and can do everything. <laughs> and then uh, the headlines in every single news outlet was like the most most powerful console, the best and the most powerful. And then uh, I think Phil Spencer just said like last week or two weeks like now we will be at least at po- at as powerful, maybe more. The, like, I love the, but that's that's the thing. I love the little uh, the the kind of Western standoff. Yeah, they got going with uh, with all the upcoming releases. Uh, so, what's the Xbox experience thing about? So, the Xbox experience is a yearly event where uh, they show off um, a lot of the new stuff, announce new titles, their own Xbox convention, if you so will, or news news uh, beat, and. Um, it's usually business as usual. Uh, Sony does the same. You tease and announce uh, new games, show what you're working on. Um, but I think what was very special this year, and it's also like an odd case, and I think also a case where we see that the, the industry is changing. So I think how many how many games have they actually like announced and talked about? I think it was like a dozen of new titles yeah. and uh, a bunch of new th- things. But there was not a single game where I was like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. But still, the Xbox experience created a lot of positive buzz. Yeah. Like there's a new game, um, a new uh, game made by Rare, which looks uh, very promising. It's Everwild. It looks a little bit like a Rare Breath of the Wild game, if you so yeah. will. But we haven't seen much. So it feels like an... Like like yeah, Rares take maybe on like this kind of like Breath of the Wild open world adventure or Gods and Monsters etc. But what, what we haven't is, seen much. Yeah, we haven't, and we haven't seen too too much from from Rare lately either. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and that looked great though, mm-hmm. but it was not like an announcement where you say like, especially uh, compared to a lot of like the first party exclusives from Sony, where you say, oh shit, the new God of War. You know, it's not this kind of like announcement where you're on, you at the edge I, of your seat. It almost seems like they have different approaches to it. Like this, uh, the the few things that I saw out of this show was like. Like there, there are announced trailers, but not a ton of gameplay. Which yeah. I mean, like Everwild was was I don't know if they showed stuff after because like I, I just kind of uh, quickly recapped, but um, it was like yeah, Everwild. The, the the there's there's woods and animals, and I almost pet a crazy deer. Yeah, I like that's, the, the that's visual, kinda, the art yeah. style is great. Right, right, it. yeah, it's very emotional kind of yeah. like. Uh, the next thing where we where we learned a little bit more, especially after is the new um, Obsidian game that yeah. confused the heck out of people. <laughs> um, because you would think, I mean, when when, when Obsidian got um, bought, bought by, by Microsoft and now they had Outer Worlds, we can talk about that later, yeah. and everyone's like, yeah, Obsidian is back on track. We're getting like the good old uh, Obsidian high-quality RPGs with less bucks because more funding and more time, mm-hmm. etc. And... Um, that was incredibly promising, Outer Worlds. And the next game they revealed, Grounded, yeah. is... Uh, um, darling, I, I, I Shrunk the Kids, <laughs> Sur- Rust Survival Sandbox and Simulator thing. Yeah. Co-op game, four players try to survive in a macrocosm of insects. I, I like to see uh, that that, uh, that Obsidian is kind of going for a new thing again, because like they 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 seem like the type that just has been getting typecast for a yeah. bit, you know. I told like to be honest, like exactly, I, I get that. 
And I think that it's super important for them to, to have different projects and try something. But at the same time, everyone was like, all right, I mean, Artstar looks great. Yeah. Survivor games, okay. But it looks like a passion project, right. which is cool. Yeah. But they also said this is like a like a project where like five people are working on from the team. So Seriously. it's actually like super small. Yeah, that's actually super impressive. Which makes me believe. I mean, like if it's that many people doing it, like that, that's that's already really impressive. Yeah. But but yeah, no, it's like I think they I think they were getting really close to being the guys that make new versions of the old PC games you like, right? Yeah. I mean, it was what was the. Uh, Pillars of Eternity. Yeah. Right? You know, that's that's there's that. And then Outer Worlds is also New Vegas again. So it's yeah. right up my alley. Don't get me wrong. Like, I love that game. But it, it's cool to see that they still have... Like, like the, that Microsoft didn't kind of come in and do the fear, the big feared evil corporation thing. It's just like, you're you're famous for making this game make this game forever. You know? It's like, yeah. yeah give them a chance to try some stuff out. However, this game is already supposed to come out spring 2020, which Ooh. means... I mean, the the given that Outer Worlds is just out, the um, acquisition by Microsoft is not that long past gone, mm-hmm. which means probably, I think, there's a high chance that we can at E3 2020 expect at least an announcement for another bigger. You think um, they're going to come right up on the next one? I mean, they yeah, said there's like, like four, people, four yeah. people working on it. They're not planning to do 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 uh, to do much with uh, Outer Worlds One. Right. Uh, Microsoft already said Outer Worlds uh, was in, uh, performing incredibly way, and that's a great start of a franchise. Mm-hmm. So I think they have just like their small like enjoy yourself creative team. Probably people who worked with Obsidian for a long time, just doing their pet project. Mm-hmm. Bring that game out quick. Like smaller games, smaller budget, and then work at the same time on one like main mainline game. And it's probably Outer Worlds too. We don't know yet, but I think they will announce something uh, next E3. That's, that's gonna be that's gonna be interesting uh, if they if they're just gonna be doing some smaller stuff, or maybe it was kind of like a little uh, a little Amnesia Fortnite sort of thing, like just pop out a little project in between. Yeah, kind of give them some breathing room, and, and it does it does have the benefit of of diversifying them a little bit, you know. I, 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 we're gonna try. Like, I think it looks great, though. But I don't think that the, this this will be a game which will probably find its audience in this niche, and well, then it will uh, be gone, and nobody talks about it anymore. That's probably okay. That's kind of the beauty part. Is I mean, they're also backed up. Like, how many of these games that that were part of the Xbox Experience thing aren't going to be on Game Pass? That's the thing. Yeah. So I mean, like, if that if that that is, it's also neat to see developers kind of find that kind of Game Pass loop you know hey here's a size appropriate mm-hmm. thing we can put out a little bit of content you can try it for a couple weeks and to be honest that that was like for me the most interesting part about the xbox experience because usually let's say just one year ago or two years ago with that like amount of like lineup there's a new don't not game looks great looking mm-hmm. forward to it but more of the same like okay we, we know at this point uh, not not want to shit on, on don't not because i really like their games but they're a little bit in the wake of telltale was right now they're just doing the They're same kind of game. leg experience over and They're, over again. So, which is so fine. that that game is essentially life is unstrange. Yeah. Okay. Um, but like with that lineup, uh, just just one year ago, people would have said, "Oh, that's super weak." Look at Sony's lineup, and they would give uh, Microsoft a lot of shit. They would say, "Oh, you're dead on arrival." Next yeah. year, there's new console launch. There's nothing exciting to look forward to. But then, after the Xbox experience, you check Twitter and on, on news channels, every everyone was excited and was talking positively about that mm-hmm. uh, event. Why? Game Pass. Yeah. Game Pass is the most important thing right now. Sure. People don't care even about like the next big one, whatever game anymore. It's like the the value they again added to Game Pass is so crazy mm-hmm. that even uh, Sony Sony players or uh, must admit that this 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 game, this offer is just too good to be true. I love to tell yeah. the story. Uh, all, uh, all the time that I have a friend who just bought an Xbox for Game Pass. He does not buy games. Yeah, yeah. He just has an Xbox for Game Pass and that's it. And he and, says yeah. it's my gaming Netflix box, basically. Yeah, the, the library is, is, is justified at this point. And doing more stuff like that, I think, will really will really help that idea. You know? That is, like, and to be honest, like, I've, I've the issue, like I'm even in a situation where, I mean, yes, I, I got Fallen Order, haven't played it yet, but in theory, there's so much value in Game Pass Given my limited time, I could play the next five years just a Game Pass catalog without ever mm-hmm. like running out of games. It's mental. It's pretty neat. Yeah. What else did they announce? 
on the Xbox. Uh, Xcloud. What? Um, uh, Microsoft Stadia. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so they they're currently running the beta. Yeah. I think mainly in the UK. I'm not sure. Oh wow. And they added another like uh, a dozen, so I think fifty of titles or whatever to to XCloud service. So they're getting also ready to now uh, to release that worldwide next year. Will that be with the Game Pass? Uh, I think so. I need to check. I think that's a slam dunk. If to be honest, that. yeah, that that like sixteen sixteen euro or whatever for the for the Xbox Game Pass Ultimate is just it's crazy. And I mean, I, I, I don't without... even think I need like I don't have an Xbox console, so I wouldn't even need the Ultimate. I just need the PC Pass, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. What 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 else do they have? Because there's one there's one title that I forget the title that was actually really that was that was my thing there. Reach coming to PC, but you're not talking about that. I, I play Reach on PC. I'll play. Reach it. is the best Halo game in my opinion. Wow. Mm-hmm. Lofty bold Halo statement. Words. Also willing to to make bold Halo statements as long as Marcel is not here. That's right. You, you, the, the the space has been vacated. You're now the the lead Halo expert. Yeah. Um. So yeah. What was it? Okay. We had uh, grounded. We had. Um, the new Donut game, we had uh, Everwild, uh, shit ton of new games to Xbox Game Pass, xCloud's coming next year, and in my opinion probably going to completely wreck Stadia, mm-hmm. because when they add that functionality and everything, on top of that, holy shit, uh, was there, were there anything else? There was, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to, they, they showed a trailer for Tamarin. What was Tamarin again? Tamarin is. Uh, I wasn't. It, it, it was the, the problem is I had to watch the the whole um, thing on my mobile phone because I was on a, on a train when the. I'm not sure. I, I think that was part of the. I believe that was part of the Xbox experience. If it wasn't, I'm sorry. But they 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 put the trailer out at the same time, so maybe it just got got uh, looped into my inbox as like something that was coming out the same way. Um, but this this game was kind of uh, uh, announced a while back. And um, I, I totally flew under my radar and didn't even didn't even pay attention to it. But uh, there was a trailer kind of playing in the background uh, for me because mm-hmm. you know it starts out and it's like um, it's like a you know kind of like a, a lush forest and a, an adorable animal and like this adorable animal's jumping around this forest like a platformer, you know. Um, and then like kind of corner of my eye catches and it's like there's a big blue ant thing with a machine gun and I was like okay holy shit okay. I was like yeah that, you know which normally would be out of the place but that like I was like that is absolutely an enemy from from Jet Force Gemini too uh, or from Jet Force Gemini on the uh, on the N64 yeah, yeah, yeah. and like like just before that trailer kind of fades out there's like a kind of glitchy uh, rendition of that cute animal with a couple of guns like getting ready to to splat some bugs holy shit so yeah it turns out like like this was this was announced a while back but there's been news about it all year like the uh, the the top result I'm getting is like from April but yeah it is it was is, I living under a stone or completely I, I know I know I did the same thing because like I was a pretty big Jet Force Gemini fan mm-hmm. back when back when I could reliably play it now if you want to play it again you have to like you have to figure. You have to spend some time redoing the controls because it was an N sixty four game and the controls were super wacky and yeah. You know, it's like if you if you try to play Goldeneye again and then you're like, uh, I can't aim anything very well at all. I can't do this right. But um, but yeah, like that 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 game uh is is coming out soonish. Uh, it's supposed to be. I I think it might have might have even slipped a little bit because it's supposed to be coming out this summer, but. Uh, but it looks like it got pushed. But yeah, they, they, it looks like they're making a spiritual successor to Jet Force Gemini. Holy shit! So what give, a great give, time to be alive. Give yeah, give me the opportunity to short shoot more giant blue ants, and I will be there for that. And uh, that's awesome. I hope there is a dog that is also a tank. That's my that's my final statement on that. What's your opinion uh, coming coming back to Game Pass for a second? What's your yeah. opinion on Final Fantasy and Yakuza? Being on Xbox, which Yakuza's are we putting on there? Are they just doing the Kiwami Yakuza, rematches? Yakuza, oh, yeah, uh, Kiwami and Kiwami Two. Yeah, that's 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 great. Um, it, it's a it's a cool way to get back into that series, or if you have not, because it spans like three damn consoles to get into that series. Like uh, Zero is a lengthy entry point, and it, it I think it, I think it does kind of nail the the tightrope walk that Yakuza does between being nutty and being yeah. You know, kind of a serious gangster thing, and then the remakes—they—they they, they look like they're doing them with love. It's not just an upscale and then, uh, and then shit it out. It looks I, like they're actually trying. I, I think just the fact that we have all, all of a sudden like all 3D Final Fantasy games in that one package plus yeah. uh, Yakuza games on Xbox Game Pass is crazy. So I mean, it's all—it's definitely awesome if you haven't played those games, uh, the Final Fantasy ones. Um, 
I need to see again, pull up the flowchart on which versions are being put up because the 3D Final Fantasy games have been kind of notorious for having yes. either good or bad versions of them or weird versions of them or musically broken versions of them. So it's 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 pretty much seven yeah. on up, right? Like they didn't put remastered six that they put out for Steam on there, right? It's just like seven through fifteen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, but it, it's good. Like that might be the only way I'll ever play or try to play the other thirteen games. Because like we were talking about that on the uh, the, the the Final Fantasy mm-hmm. podcast last week. Like like people will tell me that uh, thirteen two and Lightning Returns are actually really cool, or maybe it's. Lightning Returns is actually really cool, and you have to suffer through thirteen two, which is worse than thirteen. Like there seems to be a a weird gap or investment to get into thirteen that apparently has some sort of payoff, but I'm not gonna go through a lot of trouble to try and find out. You know, I tried it uh, when when they um, introduced thirteen to the backwards compatibility thing with three sixty, and they had the HD upgrade coming with that, etc. So uh, I tried that a couple of months ago, and uh, I really I, I tried really really hard. I put all my willpower together and tried to push through 13 for a second time in my life. Yeah. The idea of that maybe at the end the big payoff will will, uh, will come and it was worth my time and I failed again. Maybe I'm weak. you need to realize that the big payoff could apparently come after two 60-hour games. You can just have 200 hours of Final Fantasy 13 of lightning being sad. That could happen, but you know there, there's some there's some good games in there. I mean, they're putting the, the yeah. 12, twelve is back out there. Twelve is great. I would, yeah, I would play yeah. Zodiac Age. Yeah, Zodiac Absolutely. Zodiac Age is great. Um, fifteen is is it the complete edition of fifteen? See that there again, like doesn't no have idea. The, yeah. Is Type O in there? I think, by the way, totally underrated game. Yeah, type. I don't know if Type O's in there. I love Type O. It was part of the uh, the Fabula Nova Crystals. What is uh, the the? To be honest, I always get confused and never never get it right when it comes to what what is like. I think the Fabio Nova Crystal thing is also Final Fantasy fourteen the MMO, right? Uh, no, because fourteen is an Evilist, I think. Uh, which is we yeah. Go back last episode. That's just it's thirteen and like two other games. That's pretty much what that was, and it was I gonna see. be it was gonna be fifteen back when it was first. Okay, okay, okay. So yeah, but no. Um, the, the, if you haven't had a chance to play this game, especially you know seven through nine, come on. Yeah. Like, they're great. So, final words to Xbox uh, experience from my point of view. Yeah. They're winning the race, or they're betting on, and that might be a very good bet on winning the race with a service rather than with, like, a one, two, three good first-party titles. And I think going that, just making a kick-ass service, which at the end might turn out very well for them because it mm-hmm. might be the one and only, like, gaming service. Everyone says, you have to get this. You know, speaking the Netflix for games. Speaking of the Netflix for games, I'm lucky enough to be sitting across from a Stadia founder. Yes, and Stadia came out early adopter, very early, so early that I haven't even got my Stadia yet. <laughs> so how's that work in Europe? Because I mean, people are people are getting it in the states. So it was supposed to to be there in November 19th, right? I ordered it almost minute one. The wow! Hour one. Hour they one. sold but you when they yeah, when they announced it. I was like, you know what? I want that shit, and then we bought it immediately. Do you have a Chromecast? Um, not yet. So now, I mean, uh, you know, so at least you're getting a Chromecast. Yeah, but I don't yeah. need one because I have actually have a smart TV which, oh. which with all the apps on it. Oh. What? But yeah. So early adopter, I was like, fuck it. Yeah. I'm gonna buy it. It's gonna be great. Um, worst thing what I can get is a very expensive controller for 120 bucks because I don't need a Chromecast, but Hmm. So, um, but release November 19th for a lot of people, at least in Europe, means it seems like they will send it out to delivery on November 19th. So on November 19th, the package was on its way to uh, get delivered between November 22nd, the now time of recording is 20th, or up to November 25th. So, and I'm yeah. very, still very much looking forward to uh, this one evening with Stadia. I have planned out <laughs> in advance. My evening with Stadia. So let's say my, my one hour event, one evening with Stadia. So yeah, it's out, people talking about it. And uh, we're getting a lot of reviews. We're getting a, a lot of like first experiences. Well, a lot and, of early uh, impressions. Yeah. Uh, the, the good thing 
it seems to work. Like most reviews, etc., saying like, okay, that is. It, it is not fundamentally busted. It does what it want, what it, what it says it does. It it works. Um, and the negative thing is nobody seems to know. Um, neither press nor early adopters what this service is actually like who who is the target audience and I said today like if if you have a situation where you have a product or a game etc and the press and everyone is shitting on it and saying like this is a shitty product it doesn't work this is shit at least it's like okay we, we messed up right but if you have a big product launch like Stadia you can even like argue it's not really a big launch uh, where everyone is saying, eh. Like, I would ra- rather have people shitting on my, my game or product than the and common verdict, like, eh. Like, oh yeah, what's next? What's next? Yeah. Like, I wonder, like, they, they, at, at Google, they must have, I mean, for them it's probably a very small launch, because think of it, they had to produce a controller. There's not a big console attached to it, which costs a lot of, like, manufacturing, especially first year. Yeah. Like, what people tend to forget that, the first year is usually the most expensive year for console manufacturing because yeah, it gets they're, they're, they're cheaper they're selling every year, etc. Yeah, doing all that stuff, no. But um, so, like, this is not the biggest launch. This is probably not the biggest expense for Google, but it feels a little bit half-assed. But still, there must be at Google a lot of pe- clever, smart people, business analysts, who, when getting the mandate. And the mm-hmm. budget for running, doing Google Stadia had a lot of like numbers like this is our target audience. This is like people we want to reach out to. This is our forecast for year one. This is how we want to reach it, etc. So I'm not saying that they didn't do their homework, but I'm just curious. I, I'm not sure if it was a question of not doing their homework or if it was a question of just being so into being Google and yeah, doing things maybe. Google style. I mean, because they're kind of they're, they're kind of notorious for weird soft launching of things and not making a lot of fanfare, not making big splashes on some of that stuff. Um, but as, as a service, is like the, the service is not good, so you cannot see it as a service because yeah. the service is almost non-existent. You yeah. get the, what two, you get Destiny and Samurai Showdown. You pay 10 bucks a month for a streaming service where I'm getting two games. I have to pay for all the other games, which cost a lot. Some of the games are like two years old. They have like twenty-two games now, which I get. Well, they for just put ten. They just put ten additional games in on. Yeah, the, the, on the the, yeah, so yeah. it was twelve to end up at yeah. twenty-two. Yeah, and you pay for games which you get at Amazon for for twenty, thirty bucks. I mean, yeah, because they're, they're old titles. So, like, I'm not like the value proposition is very, very bad. So I just don't know. I like. I mean, I I would always thought, and this could be this could be because of the sphere we live in, right? Like, perhaps. Google doesn't need to do the things that other companies need to do. You know, it's like tr- traditional. You'd you'd want to think we're gonna we're gonna do a thing. Uh, we want early adopters. We want an industry push. We want people to be on board with this, and uh, that's that's when that your kind of proof of concept yeah works because you're trying to get your early adopters to freak out and tell everybody to buy the thing. That's why they're there, right? Yeah. So I mean, if you come out with this thing and it's like. I think it just robs them of a lot of talking points. Yeah. You know, because none of their, none of like, like the vision of Stadia, I and mean, we've talked about this here before. I think the, the vision of Stadia, the idea that you could be on your smart TV, see a commercial for a video game that you want to play, and say, I want to play that, buy it now, and you're in. No going to the store, no load times, no install. You're just playing. Yeah. That's, that's insane, especially if they're doing the thing where they're going to put this in front of every house with a smart TV. Exactly. Every house if with they... a Chrome browser, you know. So like the vision is there, but like right now, you as a Stadia early adopter don't have a lot of talking points. No, exactly. To but sell it, you know, because because they're like, oh, you got Stadia. What about the games? And you're like, I'm playing Destiny two. They're like, oh, well, I'm I'm also playing Destiny two, and depending on where, probably better looking. Yeah, this is also next thing. Uh, you know, yeah. I mean, like that part I don't understand. So that's that's the one Stadia game I've seen this morning. Um, this morning, uh, my boss had. Uh, had his Stadia running on his his internet browser, um, and he just fired up Destiny for like five minutes and let me take a look. And it, it like functionally was there, yeah. And it didn't seem as late. Like you see, I don't know who was sending around the uh, the, the kind of Twitter gif of that that dude reviewing where he would hit space to jump and then it would be like a, yeah, like, yeah. A, like a noticeable like a two second lag. But I got like a lot of reviews where the people said, to be honest, the majority says, yeah, it works. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
it, it, it does. It works. Like he was playing, he was playing Destiny too. Um, but then, yeah, there, there's no, there's no killer app. There's no even, even super exclusive. They have one exclusive, right? Yeah, and this is not even like why? Well, like you would think that the, especially the exclusive is for free. Like mm-hmm. this is the one that's like, hey, you get this game, you can only get there, and you get it for free if you subscribe. Mm-hmm. No, you have to buy it for twenty bucks. It's like an indie <laughs> game. Sam shows free though. But uh, yeah, so so it's like that. And it's like, oh, okay, well, at least you you know. I, I mean, I've still talked the amount of people I have talked to that thought that this was a Netflix style, Game Pass style subscription service is surprising because I feel I feel like they've been pretty clear about it not being that. Yes. But I think maybe well, to people that don't follow gaming news or, or aren't super into exactly. It. Here's my problem. Yeah. You have a product which, to be honest, I only see um, Google Stadia fitting into a market of like casual gamers. Hmm. Uh, where it just Do you mean your, now or in general? Uh, in general. Okay. Like this is something, because for the others there will be xCloud, etc. They, they won't be, in the long run, they won't be the only cloud service. But right. I see the appeal not in play anywhere. I see the appeal in just, I don't need to, to worry about buying a console. I just have that thing on my Android TV. I just click it and can play it. For your family father who just wants to play this cool game, CCTV commercial, whatever. Like this kind of like yeah. casual audience. But also, my, my biggest gripe and problem with that is, think about it, people don't buy movies anymore. They, uh, especially the casual market, is about streaming services mm-hmm. or renting something. Mm-hmm. People are not used to um, buying something for a high price entry point anymore. And the, the exact opposite, the, the market is completely shifting to the direction of subscription models. Like people yeah. rather pay 60, 70, 80 bucks subscription a month than buying a game. That's insane. But yeah, I get it. You know what I'm you, saying? You're, like, you're not wrong. I, it's especially just... you as American, you have like, what is the average what an American uh, pays per month for, for movie subscriptions? Yeah, I mean, if you're talking about cable and that's, that's they're, they're going through their whole own thing because like cord cutting got huge because of Netflix. Yeah. You know, um, cheapening that, and now you'll see like, oh, I want Netflix, and I want Amazon Prime, and I want Disney Plus. I don't, and that that that's an interesting rub against the the kind of casual gamer appeal that you're talking about, because I don't know where Stadia fits into that. Yeah, you know, because like very realistically, like I mean, even me, I'm not, I'm by by no means a need to see all the stuff when it comes out, and I still got like Netflix and Prime. Yeah, so two subscription models. People are going to be pushing three, four, you know, if they want, their, if they need the Mandalorian, you know, there's, you have to. That's, which that's I cannot get in Europe, most countries of Europe before March. Yeah, yeah, which is, yeah, I mean, that's a whole, that's a stadia it's level, the, stadia level launch. Star Wars fans will surely wait until March. I'm sure they're going to wait. Then no subscribing to Disney Plus. <laughs> um, but I mean, that's what I'm saying. So like, so like, do they have room for uh, a gaming streaming service? Probably yes. Yeah. Do they have room for two? Probably no. Like, yeah. I think the the casual market is an example. In a world like like paying the different scenarios, Stadia would be a subscription service. At the end, core gamers would probably stick more to Game Pass, but uh, casual gamers who uh, maybe do not even know how Game Pass works just get their new TV, see Google Stadia, boom! Like I, I rented a movie via Rakuten. I have no I, fucking idea what Rakuten is, but it was just like a good offer. I did yeah. it because my TV was, show, was showing it to me. I mean, I don't think, I think it opens up a different thing. Like what you, what you see with the subscription service stuff and, and that's, that's where that money comes from. You know, that, that, that's, that's where I think some of that drive comes from because it's not like we're talking about launching a console. Mm-hmm. That is important to console manufacturers because once you buy the console... You're you're in. You're part of that install base. You're going to buy games for yeah. a console that you buy. Now, when you have something like the Stadia, where you're not buying a console and it is subscription based, it frees them up to live more month to month. Yeah, and it, it does make it about the games, you know. So I, I already have friends that uh, you know in the states that are talking about like, well, you know, I do one month of Netflix, you know, then uh, I cancel again. I right? binge everything, cancel yeah. again. Then I do one month of Hulu. You know, we're watching our Hulu shows and we're getting psyched because, oh man, Netflix's season is coming up in two more rotations. Yeah. And like, yeah, it, it's rough. It, it can be rough in terms of like keeping people and, you know, how do you pay your developers and all that is going to be super weird. But what it does open the door for somebody like Google or somebody like like uh, Xbox, if, if they're doing that same thing, is like, we're going to release stuff strategically so that, you know, this month you're going to want to play on your Stadia. And it's, you know, it's going to cost you 10 bucks. Yeah. 
You know, if you want the special controller, that's fine. I mean, I think I, I, it already works with PS4 controllers, right? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So I mean, like, you don't even need to get the investment with a controller. You don't. No, need that's to get just any a founder investment. thing. Yeah. You can get it basically for free right. via your browser. So. So I mean, I as think, soon as it launched officially, I think you'll see you'll see a lot of of. We already have weird landscapes in video games, like weird traditional landscapes for when games are released, and I think you're going to see a lot of a lot more of that coming up. I, see, yeah. I think you'll see a lot of uh, you know, like like TV, like you got Sweeps Week because um, this is the one time they check the ratings, so all the pilots come out. Like that's already outdated. Yeah, you know, so so you'll they'll be looking to to TV streaming. I think the games industry will be looking to TV streaming industry. Like like it has done for movies or like it has done because that, that that that's the closest parallel I feel like I think uh, I think video games today run a release campaign closest to a movie release yeah you know what I mean I think you'll see them kind of shift and be like what is Netflix doing how is how is Netflix doing it um, how are they paying people you know because it's going to be the same kind of number of hits number of plays number of whatever what are the metrics there um, so that's going to be an interesting shift but as it stands now like for Stadia. Um, I, I think it's a matter of time, and I, I would hope, I, I hope we can stay optimistic on it and be like a matter of time, where next year, you know, they've got a library on this thing. It's to more devices, you can use it, and not a matter of time like uh, next two generations of VR headsets. Call me, call me when the headset is yep. 150 bucks. Yeah, you know, like I'm hoping, I'm hoping, I think it'd be cool to see this this kind of go a little a little quicker because. Um, uh, in, in infrastructure aside, like I think, I think the the appeal is there. It's just really like how they're doing it. I I, I still think, <coughs> I still think uh, streaming is the future of gaming. <coughs> but does it mean that this Stadia, as soon as the other guys coming around with their own infrastructure? Right. <coughs> yeah, I mean, um, it it really it really definitely will be a, a matter. Of, so so when does when does the Xbox thing come out? Is that next year? They're already planning on doing that, or are they waiting for a little bit to to put that bad boy out? No, it's coming next year. So, Ooh. and then uh, boom. I, I, yeah. Also, they've already got their own controllers. You know, their own peripheral landscape. They've already got you know established titles. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a stupidly large catalog. It's going to be a, a, a tough. Um, and I'd also like to see. Um, an interesting story uh, that, that kind of came out. Uh, if if anybody is listening to uh, to our probably our chief competitor, uh, Giant Bombcast, like they're almost as good as us, you know, a little bit. But yeah, they're they're on their way. They are. Right. I, I feel like they try to take a lot from us, but you know, hey, whatever. Good 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 on you guys out there. But uh, they 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 were bringing up a really interesting scenario about uh, Red Dead in their latest episode, where um where they were noticing that like the opening of Red Dead Two in a snowstorm with the lighting is like tailor-made to screw with video compression, uh, which will happen if, you, if you're lagging or latent at all on, on, uh, yeah, on stadium. Yeah, so it's just a rough kick. So, like, I also am interesting... I'm, I'm also interested to see what that means for game developers where they're going to start building stuff to be like, okay, this won't be too... We don't have to worry about it being too hard on the graphics because you're playing this on a blade somewhere on some server rack. But we do have to worry about this being optimized for latency... And how this is going to look for compression or at lower streaming quality instead of lower graphics quality. After ray tracing, what we get is now uh, <laughs> checkerboard rendered motion blur, super blur, ultra blur. Uh, I, Konami has already filed a patent on games to play during buffering. Yeah, yeah uh, loading screen games are done. Buffering games are in. You control the spinny wheel. So, I, yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing you play more Stadia. Yeah, probably next week I can give you first, uh, first impressions of my uh, playing Destiny again. Play that Destiny again. And Samurai Showdown. To be honest, fighting games is something I would especially want to want to test with uh, latency, etc. That, that, that's the one, right? I mean, I, I've heard uh, from a few people that, um, that Destiny is, is hard to get into now because I'm not sure where they're sampling their play base from. Like I would hope that it would plug straight into the PC version of Destiny, and I need to actually Google that. But like so far, the the stuff I've seen is just like, hey, it's hard to find a game, and that could be anything. Um, and I've also I also heard uh, one one of the things that I think is going to be really kind of make it or break it. I think it's cross safe, but not cross server. That would be not they like they need to merge those play bases yeah. more than splitting them more. If that's if that's what it is, but um, they definitely need to be. That that the Stadia version of Destiny multiplayer needs to be 
in either the console or PC uh, yeah, I agree. infrastructure. It needs to be in one of those. Um, but um, I just completely lost my... Stadia. 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 Next next year from this point on, the question is, in one year from now, oh, will anyone yeah. talk about Stadia? Yeah, will anyone talk about Stadia? Um, and the, the only other technical thing I had was I, I noticed that when people are doing anything else on your internet connection, it gets it gets a little fussed with. Yeah, it's great because, I mean, uh, you in in, uh, the, in the Americas, they have mainly data, data caps. In uh, Germany, yeah. at least, we have this... Uh, a wonderful situation that in the evenings when everyone in uh, your ISP watches football via the internet or whatever, so every single e- evening your internet drops. It gets throttled a little bit. It gets throttled. So there's also an issue. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I'm, interesting. I'm really looking forward to see. It's cool that it came out. I would feel sorry for anybody that was like a founder. Oh. No. Oh. To be honest, to be honest, <laughs> I own, I own, I have my PlayStation TV. Yeah. Right? I uh, I don't own an Ouya because I never saw a reason to to get this one. But for me, I was willing to spend that money in the idea of oh, ten years from now, I will have in my glass cabin the Stadia controller, and people will visit me and will say, oh, "What's that?" It's like, yeah, this is a thing, uh, a short-lived, uh, interesting time uh, when Google tried to get into the console uh, streaming market. Yeah. I don't know. Or we could, you know, when we when we have to scan our our Google embedded chips under our skin to start this podcast, and we we begin with two minutes of prayers and hail to Alphabet yeah. and Google, then then we'll know that we were there at their glorious dawning of of their sentient AI. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of streaming, onto our onto our, looking at the time, it's looking like it's probably going to be our last news story. Um, the esports awards were last week. The esports awards. Esports awards. We're gonna have to worry about this esports now that everything's streaming. So, so wait, because I missed that one. So, esports awards is the awards for esports, which is usually about awards because it's a competitive tournament thing where people earn awards. It's not and now just they about, get awards yeah. for awards. It's not about the awards that you are awarded during esports. It's about the awards that you get awarded for being part of esports. Okay, what the, what are the categories? Categories. Oh man, let me let me let me scroll because there was uh so the uh, the es let me get the official title esports awards 2019. <laughs> That's what it's called. Not not, not hosted by Jeff. Hey, Keighley. Look, Keeley's already got the games awards locked down, so I guess Who's we're going. Uh, I do not know. It is not Ricky Gervais. Huh. Yeah. Um, there are community awards like Content Creator of the Year. Uh. Esports cosplay of the year, which there is not a picture of, sadly, but I'm imagining it's going to be Fortnite, just like everything else. Uh, esports personality of the year, which is casters. Um, photographer of the year, that's kind of neat. Videographer of the year, also kind of neat. Uh, and they did a streamer of the year, if you're into streaming on streamers. So, except you want to guess for, the streamer of the year? Do except you, do you except for esport personality. Yeah. I'm yet waiting for a second category which is related to actual esport and not just streaming. No, well, that's just the community awards, so yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. Who's, the, who's, the es- who's the streamer of the year? Do you want to take a guess? How many streamers do you know? Enough to guess? Uh, so it's either... Uh, it's either Tyler or... Uh, what's the mustache guy again? Dr. Professor Disrespect. Dr. Dr. Disrespect, and yes, he is, he is the winner. Ninja is on yeah. Mixer, and therefore, I guess... It's gone. It's gone. Um, they did uh, industry awards. Um, like for, uh, for filming in bathrooms. You got for, the... Yeah. Oh, well, my God. I got to get Dr. Disrespect's still there. Uh, he was there. He won. So, he's yeah, he's the streamer yeah, of the year he, for he filming be, in he's, bathrooms. He's probably very proud of himself. I, I think uh, I think uh, after Ninja left, he's he's got to be one oh, of the yeah. top three in, yeah. in Twitch. Top five, at least. Yeah, he seems to be doing okay. Um, they they do like uh, they do like pro awards for like um, casters, coaches, uh, uh, players on the actual teams. That's that's probably the meat of that award. Um, but we're looking at the uh, the industry awards, and we're looking well, the 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 probably the most soundbitest thing um, that came out of this was the award winner Richard Lewis for esports journalist of the year. So that that's a thing. You know what? Yeah. Back then, 
couple of years ago i was into that kind of like i was really in, in that hype esport hype like i watched the the league of legends finals i cannot even remember anymore it was probably like 2014 league of legends by the 13. way is is still one one uh esports game of the year Nice. this year so so yeah so you're still as relevant now as you were then yeah but, but continue so back then I, I i hosted a party in my house where i invited people to stay up until 3 a.m or 4 a.m in the morning or something stupid to watch it on tv and having snacks and it was cool i enjoyed that time i was really into esport that time i also played a shit ton of league of legends mm-hmm. but I, I, it's um, um it lost me yeah it, it's it's definitely hard to kind of keep up with I, i'll watch evo a little bit yeah. If I know the game. I have the feeling it's not even about like, I like video games. I have the feeling it became its completely own as huge ass thing. So if yeah. you want to be like a nerd about esports as well, um, you need to, to put so much dedication and time following probably the right websites, news channels, keeping on track. Can you actually follow more than one game? It's, it's like sport. And actually, I don't like sport. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is like sport. But uh, So you would say that you're kind of on the outside of the esports industry, as it were? I loved watching that growing. Yeah. Um, especially in the Western market. Yeah. Like, especially with, with uh, when it came out of the, like, in the West, out of the StarCraft niche, while it was, like, super huge in Asia. But when League of Legends made it, like, uh, mainstream in the West, right? Mm-hmm. I, loved, uh, I loved following that, being a part of that a little bit. Also, like, with, uh, to a very, very small degree with previous games I worked on. Uh, I think it's exciting, but it's so such a huge mega industry now that this kind of like the excitement seeing it grow and becoming something is over because it is big now and it's its own thing. It's uh, yeah. Well, if you're on the outside of that industry, yeah. then you're exactly who he is. He is taking up against. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm just gonna read. Uh, this is this is uh, um, sorry, Richard Lewis's acceptance speech. When he won um, uh, Journalist of the Year for esports. And he says, I'm just going to read it and you tell me. You, you, you feel free to rate it in scales and okay. blows. Uh, there's these external media companies. They're looking at esports and they want to write the history and tell the stories. You know who I'm talking about. Polygon, name dropped. Waypoint, name dropped. The Kotakus, multiple name dropped. Uh, people like that. He says their approach to writing about esports is twofold. They've consistently embarrassed themselves writing pieces that expose their complete ignorance about our scene, lack of sources, and unoriginal opinions on topics we have talked to death about for 20 years. And he says the second thing has been to write hit pieces and smears, mostly propagated on half truths or out and out lies. They write about us because they write about it because they think if they can get one or two or 12 of you out of the way, they can get their friends and cronies in and gatekeep our industry. So yeah, he, he, uh, he went on to talk about like some actual specific articles, um, uh, talking about like, uh, apparently Kotaku wrote about CS, uh, CSGO major being a Trump rally. Um, about, uh, a story where they, they, um, tried to raise awareness about an Overwatch player who, uh, who was getting harassed, who apparently did not exist. Um, either way, it's, it was, it was interesting to me, I think, because he opened up his speech, uh, with, um, I'm not going to get another one of these awards, and then proceeded to just rail on the industry. It's weird to see this, this much, I haven't seen this much inter- Despite and yeah. hate and oh. I, I I haven't seen this much inter inter games journalism conflict since Gamergate. Yeah, it reminded me of uh, hmm. It smacks like that a little bit, right? I mean, to be honest, Richard. Yeah. Imagine you getting a big award on stage. Yeah. And you have two 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 options, right? Yeah. Either you uh, write a speech which inspires people mm-hmm. looking to the future. Mm-hmm. Um. Maybe even opens their heart. Maybe it's a, teach, a speech to, to shed a tear about or just to be proud of yourself and, and your industry you're working on and where you're coming from and where you got. Or being a salty bitch. What would be your choice? I think if, if it ever comes to the point where I'm up on stage and, and accepting an award, I'd really like to give the most somber uh, reading of Avril Lavigne's I Can Be Your Girlfriend and just see like how long like I wouldn't come in at the chorus 
Like I would just start like mid mid verse and see how long it took them, and like that because I think that would fit. You know, it's like yeah. I don't. I, you know, you're both. You, I don't like your girlfriend. I can be your girlfriend, and I would wonder how long they would think that's fi- uh, that's symbolism. Awesome. Before I got booed awesome. off the stage. Awesome. We yeah, need to it, get you an award, Richard. Yeah, yeah. That, that's that's my take on it. But it, it was it was interesting to me just to see because um, these these uh, these journalists frequently kind of get get uh, backroomed. I think sometimes, like you know, it's like oh, it's from Kotaku or oh, it's from Polygon. Which I mean, I'm only guilty of for certain stories. Like I don't I don't try to write off entire websites. I think there's good writing coming. Uh, I I go go even that far that I have certain writers like yeah, as yeah, an example yeah. Polygon. I know oh, there's this name. I'm not gonna drop here right, in yeah, the exactly, podcast. Exactly. Where, oh, I'm not gonna read this. Yeah, or 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 the other, you know. Oh, oh holy shit! Like, give yeah, me everything this, from like, yeah. Tim Rogers. Sure. Sure, or uh, I'm gonna say her, say her name wrong. What's her name? Is it Cecilia Denastasio? Yeah, Denastasio? I, I, I'm sure I said that wrong, but I, I've I've liked uh, quite a quite a few things yeah. she's written. So I mean, it it, it was yeah that I, that's a great way to kind of um, put that into perspective for me. That was like, hey, you're up here getting an award for being the best in your field for a year, and uh, and maybe uh, one of the paths you could go down is to turn around and say, fuck all you other guys. Or, or one of the paths is to is to kind of celebrate. That's interesting. Why, why do you think that was the soapbox? Because I mean, look, it got a stand. It got, I wouldn't say a standing ovation, but they were, they did cut to the crowd, and there were people standing up and clapping. Mul- look, multiple people. One of them was Doctor Disrespect. Good for him. So the, <laughs> the the thing is, like, maybe that's a problem. That's why you need to be careful about being like salty bitch about that thing. Yeah. I wasn't even aware that there is a controversy between mainstream game media yeah. and esport media. Oh dude, yeah. So if you this is what happens when you don't well, you got to follow more fighting games. Okay. Right. Cuz like that community is bizarre. Interesting. I would I would argue from my my experience watching some of that or being a little bit involved in that is that it's it's the most inclusive, exclusive community I've ever, I've ever kind of seen. Like in general, FGC, you know, like yeah, yeah. it's like, it's like anybody can play. That's great. We're we're going to shit talk everyone and just be uh, kind of rascals, and that's why it's it's. I think it's harder for them to kind of blow up. But but yeah, like I think that that gets misinterpreted a lot, or or you know, you can you can soundbite stuff off of that. So I mean, I, I it's it's a weird thing because like none of the the publications that he named. Are typically doing very, very in-depth no. journalism. Like there are. Like don't get me wrong. Like Polygon has written some pieces, and you know, and and Kotaku has written some really deep dives on stuff. But you know, you click on that website, like that's not the general no. content you're getting, right? No. Yeah, um, it's not their main focus. Like once exactly, in a while, yeah. you have flair. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's weird to see that that, that that there was that much, as you said. I can see the potential for that controversy, but to have somebody kind of come up on stage and, and use their speech on that. I don't know, at the same time, like, uh, YouTube is full of people with millions of subscribers, same for Twitch streamers who are doing nothing else and shitting on people, I don't know. <laughs> I think it's pitiful, I think uh, we should build more bridges. I also have more respect in general for people who say, like, I'm, I'm, I'm standing, I'm above this, right? I get it, I get it. I, think, I'm, I'm, you know... I did my own way, my own thing, and... Uh, I inspire people. I've always more respect for inspiring people than people who shit talk stuff. Yeah. I don't know. That's a that's a good that's a good message. I, I like that. I mean, I think what you're saying is is build more bridges, throw yeah. let throw less poop grenades. Yeah, but we can get into Death Stranding and and other games coming up next week because we are short on time. Yeah. So um, let's see. What are the other traditions we have that I have to plug before we we take off? Uh, Matt's question of the week is: Where the fuck is Matt? Um, yeah. Email. I didn't get an email. Why are we not getting emails? I get like, guys, Unbelievable. Uh, either that or uh, none of the emails forwarded, which is what happened to poor Eli, Eli last time he wrote in. I, he sent it a week early and I just didn't uh, oh. didn't get a chance to check it. But I promise I will check that email for the next time. If you have anything to say, any questions for us, any uh, any hot takes on who your favorite Kotaku writer is, maybe not that one. But any other one, just write us to projectilelunchcast at gmail.com. If you write me an email, I will fucking read it on this podcast. Surprise me. Um, we've also got uh, got Twitter. 
Basti? Uh, I'm I'm on the Twitter Twitter space, but only if you're nice and, and want to inspire people and build bridges. That's uh, right. At Bastian Thun, T-H-U-N. That's, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Stand for Stadia. Uh, I was an early, early adopter. Early, early adopter. That's all the title of, of my, my Twitter handle. So type that all in there and you'll find me. No early, problem. Early birdie adopter. Early birdie. <laughs> the poopiest grenade at twitter.com. Uh, and that's it for us. We're, we, we've came. We've talked about the news. More importantly, Basti, you and I have survived. We've survived. We're not, we're not having the, the Mongolian lung pest, which that's right. Marcel right now has. We're going, to, we're going to rally these people and, as we always do, drag them kicking and streaming to success next week, hopefully. Uh, always remember, dear listeners, that uh, Todd Howard cannot be streamed in 4K. Under any circumstances, do not try that. Got me some roses and a little